0: So we have an amazing program here for our children called Children in Worship. It's for boys and girls three years old and up to fifth grade. And so uh, right now I want to give those children in Children in Worship a time, to, uh, opportunity to go out. Es el tiempo de niños en adoración para los niños de tres años a quinto grado. If you're here uh, for the first time with your child, please feel free to go back with them, see where they're going to be. They'll be in great hands, and uh, they will be able to meet up with you after the worship service. So... Thank you, kids, for being a part of our family. As the children are going out, I want to uh, get you uh, kind of connected with a couple of things here. First of all, Bibles. We have Bibles in the back. If you don't have a Bible, please feel free to pick one up. Keep it if you don't have one at home. Hay uh, bibles detrás que pueden usar en español también. And we're going to be looking at our scripture here in just a moment. But as we do, I just want to reiterate what Greg said in the video. We're in this series in Luke And we're going through, hopefully, um, you will be able to do something new, to study the next week's scripture with a guide that we produce. Hemos hecho una guía para estudiar el texto del próximo domingo. So what I have in my hands is a guide for next week. We'll be looking at Luke 3 and 4. And actually, I'm looking for an elder who's nearby that I can get this to. Any elder that I can give it to. I know we have elders here. Juan, thank you. So, Juan will be at the door, and I believe Cody has the other copy over there. Pick these up after worship. Pueden recoger una copia. And here's my encouragement. Last week, you probably got this. Here's my guess. Last week, you got this. You said, I'm going to do this. And it sat there in your favorite place where things get just kind of stuck and lost, right? Or they just kind of disappear. And it didn't happen. Or maybe you started it, you got one question down. It's like, oh, I didn't even begin. Here's my encouragement. If you did zero last week, do a couple questions this week, at least, all right? If you did one question last week, see if you can do three or four and keep pushing yourself, all right? And pretty soon I think what you'll find is, hey, this is, I'm ready for this. I'm excited about doing this, okay? Step by step, paso por paso. Espero que si, si no han podido estudiar la guía de la semana pasada, que empiecen con una, dos, tres preguntas y así se van a animar a seguir adelante. So our scripture that I've chosen this morning uh, from our, our uh, section of Luke is Luke chapter 2, verses 46 through 52. That's what I'm going to read. Voy a leer Lucas 2, capítulo dos, versículos 46 al 52. Now, our larger focus is really chapters 1 and 2 of Luke. Estamos enfocando en todo lo que es el capítulo 1 y 2. But I'm just going to read this portion here for now. I'll be referring to other parts. Voy a referirme a otras partes después. So on the screen, there's a page number that's tied to the Bibles in the back. It'll uh, help you to get to where this reading is. La página indica dónde está la lectura. So I'm going to read first in uh, Spanish. Voy a leer primero en español. And this is part of a story that happened when Jesus was 12 years old. Okay, so keep that in mind. Jesus is 12 years old in this story. Jesús tiene aquí 12 años en esta historia. Al cabo de tres días, María y José lo encontraron a Jesús en el templo, sentado entre los maestros, escuchándolos y haciéndoles preguntas. Todos los que le oían se asombraban de su inteligencia y de sus respuestas. Cuando lo vieron, sus padres se quedaron admirados. «Hijo, ¿por qué te has portado así con nosotros?» le dijo su madre. «Mira que tu padre y yo te hemos estado buscando angustiados». «¿Por qué me buscaban? ¿No sabían que tengo que estar en la casa de mi padre?» Pero ellos no entendieron lo que les decía. Así que Jesús bajó con sus padres a Nazaret y vivió, vivió sujeto a ellos. Pero su madre conservaba todas estas cosas en el corazón. Jesús siguió creciendo en sabiduría y estatura y cada vez más gozaba del favor de Dios y de toda la gente. After three days, they, that is, Mary and Joseph, found him, Jesus, in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So over the last few weeks, I've announced, I've talked about the theme that we've adopted as a church for 2020. And our theme for this year is keeping it real. El tema del año 2020 para la iglesia es seamos realistas. Realistas. Now as we're entering this year under that theme, I realize that this puts me in kind of a difficult spot because if, if we're going to do that if we're going to live into that theme as a church of keeping it real then that means I have to do the same and it means that I can't really stand up here and kind of put on a, a facade or try to present to you an, an image of me that is not realistic I have to work on that no, no puedo presentar una fachada una imagen de, de mi vida que es irrealista no realista now I'm going to be real I'd really like to do that I'd really like to not have to be real, uh, to not expose any warts or, uh, you know, faults or failures or weaknesses. No quisiera exponer mis fallas y debilidades. That would be just okay with me. But then I come to Luke chapter 1 and 2, our reading today, and I realize that based on what I'm finding here in this text, in these first two chapters, I can't do that. I have to come clean in some respect after reading Luke chapters 1 and 2. The text will not give me another option. Tengo so, que confesar algunas cosas a raíz de estos dos capítulos. So here it goes. It's my first attempt. I'm going to confess something. I'm addicted to routine. Soy adicto a la rutina. I am a routine-aholic. Soy un rutinólico. In fact, I'm so addicted to routine, I actually realized later I've already confessed to you that I'm addicted to routine. I think I did it in a message last year. So that's my problem. I must live my life according to my schedule. Quiero vivir según mi horario. If my timetable gets messed up, well, then I'm going to protest. I don't like that. No quiero que que, que mis, mis horarios cambien. And if my routine for the day gets wrecked, I'm a total wreck. Okay? I just, I don't deal well with that. Si mi rutina está arruinada, yo estoy arruinado. And so I need my routine for sleep, for food, for work, for play, for all of that. Uh, with routine, I'm smooth. I'm confident. I'm in control. Estoy en control con la rutina. And without it, I think without routine, I'm awkward. I'm clumsy. That's what I notice the most. I just don't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Me siento algo torpe, algo incómodo. Now, you can check out all of this stuff with my wife, okay, and my family. They will out me very gladly because they suffer the consequences of my routine addiction, all right? And, and this week, by the way, two days of my week, I was out of town, my routine was messed up, and it made the rest of the week be really hard. I was awkward all week, okay? Esta semana tuve dos días fuera de la rutina, y de veras me arruinó bastante. Now, I've just confessed that to you because in Luke chapters 1 and 2, I think we, we find something here that challenges me at least in my routine addiction. Hay algo aquí que me reta mi adicción a la rutina. What we find time and time again in Luke chapters 1 and 2 is we find God breaking in and upsetting the routines of ordinary people like you and me. Dios interrumpe las rutinas de las personas como tú y yo. It starts with a guy by the name of Zechariah, whom I can relate to quite a bit. He's a church guy. All right, Zechariah is just following his routine. He's in the temple. He's burning incense. He's he's doing the God thing. And then the angel Gabriel steps in to tell him that he and his elderly wife Elizabeth are going to have a child, a boy, at an age when they should be expecting grandchildren. They should be grandparents. Un ángel Gabriel le dice que él y su esposa van a tener hijo cuando deben ser abuelos. And his response, how can I be sure of this? He says in chapter 1, verse 18. ¿Cómo podría estar seguro de esto? It's an awkward but skeptical response from a guy whose profession is to believe in God. Es una respuesta algo incómoda y escéptica. Now, I can't blame Zachariah at this point all right because I've just pointed the finger at myself in fact I'm thinking about this at my age if an angel came to me this week and said hey you and Mindy guess what congratulations I would not be in a good place okay I would be said are you sure how did that happen right Uh, no I'm not up for that no quisiera ser como el and then we, we go down to chapter 1, verse 30. We find this same angel, Gabriel. And he's appearing to this young, virgin, teenage girl named Mary in this little town called Nazareth, smaller than Tipton, smaller than Pixley. I mean, he's just going to this place. El Angel Gabriel le aparece a Maria. And, and the angel says, do not be afraid, Mary. Why are angels always saying that? No temas, María, no tengas miedo. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus. y darás a luz un hijo y le pondrás por nombre Jesús. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. será gran y lo llamarán hijo del Altísimo. In other words, you're going to have the Son of God. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. Dios es Señor, le dará el throne de su padre David. That means you're going to have the Son of God, you're going to have the Messiah. And his reign will never end. His kingdom will never end. Verse 33 says, Y su reinado no tendrá fin. And Mary, how does Mary respond? How will this be? Since I'm a virgin. It's an awkward question, right? But it's also a logical question when you think of it because virgins do not routinely get pregnant all by themselves. Does not happen. Las virgenes no quedan incintas por sí solas. So, what's going on here? God is breaking in. And when God breaks in, it upsets the routine and things get awkward for human beings. Cuando Dios interrumpe, eso pues cambia la rutina para los seres humanos. There's another scene right after that. You see uh, uh, Elizabeth, senior citizen Elizabeth. Get this picture in your mind. Senior citizen Elizabeth and unwed virgin pregnant Mary... And they're both expecting, and they come into the room. Ahí está Elizabeth, ancianita, María, adolescente. And here's Elizabeth, six months along. And here's Mary. She's starting. She's like, hi, Liz. Awkward situation. ¿Cómo estás, Elizabeth? And when Mary says hi, the baby inside of Elizabeth goes bonkers, starts kicking up a storm. She probably has to sit down and, "Oh, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Awkward, right? El bebé empieza a patear. Es una situación algo incómoda. It's God breaking in. And then we come also at the end of chapter 2, the passage which I just read. We find this scene where Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, they've gone through the routine of Passover María José finales de 12, están en la Pascua, and they've gone to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, and now they're in the routine of coming back home from the Passover feast, regresan a la casa. and Mary and Joseph get lost. Se pierden María y José. And the awkward thing about it is that Mary and Joseph actually think that Jesus is lost. But as they're in their routine, they get lost. And for three days, they are looking high and low for Jesus in every single place except the place where you would expect to find him. Están buscando tres días a Jesús. Now, it's interesting, Bible scholars say that for three days, Mary and Joseph think Jesus is lost. Later on, for three days, the world will think that Jesus is lost. But who's lost? The parents are lost. The world is lost. Jesus is not lost. Los padres están perdidos el mundo, pero no Jesús. In chapter 2, verse 49, they find Jesus And where is he? He's in the temple. And he says, don't you understand? Don't you know I have to be in my father's house? No sabían que tengo que estar en la casa de mi padre? Jesus isn't lost. He's with his parent. Doing what he's supposed to be doing. Mary and Joseph did not understand that they had to also be in the house of their father. Everything they needed was in the father's house. Todo lo que necesita María José y nosotros está en la casa del Padre. So you see, when, when God breaks in, routines get upset. Things get awkward. Cuando Dios interrumpe las cosas, se ponen incómodas. But there's something else going on in chapters 1 and 2 that I want you to notice. Not only are we seeing here people responding with awkwardness, we also see people responding with faith. Responding la gente no solo con, con, con la incomodidad, sino con la fe. It starts with Mary, of course, in chapter 1, verse 38. And she says simply after the angel's announcement, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as as." He has said, be to me as you have said. May your word be fulfilled. Soy sierva del Señor, dice, María, que él haga conmigo según me has dicho. That's faith. Elizabeth demonstrates faith when she sees Mary come through the door. Even though it's awkward, she says, blessed are you among women. And blessed is the child you're going to bear. Bendita María, dice Elizabeth. Bendita tú entre mujeres y bendito el niño que darás a luz. Chapter 1, verse 42. And then in chapter one, verse 46, we find this great song of Mary, 146. María canta, she says, "My soul glorifies the Lord, my, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He's been mindful of me, and all generations are going to call me blessed. alma glorifica espíritu mi Salvador dice María." And then you've got Zechariah as well. Now there's something about Zechariah that's interesting. He went through a clumsy time too, right? Zacarias también pasó algo un poco incómodo. The neighbors actually tried to take his place and name his child for him. Los vecinos querían nombrar a su hijo. His name should be Zachariah. Su nombre debe ser Zacarias. And Zachariah, who can't talk, has to shut them up by writing down his name is John. Zacarias tiene que callarlos and when Zachariah writes down his name is John what happens his mouth is opened and in chapter 1, verse 68, he sings out praise to God. He responds in faith. Uno sesenta y ocho. He says, praised be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's come and redeemed his people. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us. Bendito sea el Señor, Dios Israel ha redimido a su pueblo. Nos envió un poderoso Salvador. He's not talking about his son, John. He's talking about the one that John is going to point to. He's talking about Jesus. That's the salvation. And Zechariah is able to see that by faith. Zacharias lo ve por fe. And then in chapter 2, verse 20, you've got the shepherds. Now the shepherds have had their own hair-raising encounter with the angels. I mean, they're just doing their job out there on the hills, and suddenly the sky lights up. Awkward. A little bit hard to handle. And yet, they go to Bethlehem to see this thing. Los pastores vengan a los ángeles iluminando el cielo y van a Belén. And chapter 2, verse 20 says, Then the shepherds returned from that, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Los pastores regresaron glorificando y alabando a Dios por lo que habían visto y oído, pues todo sucedió tal como se les había dicho. We're not done. Because chapter 2, verse 26, we find this old man, Simeon, who's been hanging around the temple for years because the Holy Spirit's told him he's not going to die before he sees the anointed one, the chosen one, the Messiah, Simeon, está en el templo durante años. El Espíritu le ha dicho que no va a morir sin antes ver a Mesías. And he sees this couple come in, and he sees the baby, and instantly he knows that this is the fulfillment. He grabs the baby Jesus in his arms. Y él al Señor Jesús en sus brazos. And in chapter 229, he says, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. Según tu palabra, soberano Señor, ya puedes despedir a tu siervo en paz. I've seen it. I can die now, happy. For my eyes have seen your salvation mis ojos this is a light for the Gentiles, for all the non jewish nations, and this is glory for your people Israel una que ilumina las naciones de tu pueblo Israel and then after him, in similar fashion, there's the elderly Anna. 84 years old, widow. She's been fasting and praying in the temple. She sees what's going on. She joins in the party, and she blesses Mary, Joseph, and the baby, Jesus. Después, Ana, 84 años de edad, ve al mismo, y ella bendice a María José Jesús. So what's going on here? What's going on? ¿Qué pasa aquí? I think Luke's trying to tell us something really important here. Lucas nos está diciendo algo importante. And and it's this, this is what I'm seeing. The coming of Jesus into our world is an awkward but necessary interruption in the troubled course of human history. La venida de Jesús es incómoda pero necesaria en los eventos humanos. Why is the coming of Jesus awkward but necessary it's necessary because you see our routine needs to be messed up la rutina necesita ser quebrada the routine of sin the routine of injustice the routine of hatred the routine of war the routine of disease the routine of of separation The list goes on and on. That's the routine of this world. La rutina del pecado, el quebranto, el sufrimiento, la injusticia. That routine needs to be broken. Because the routine is broken. La rutina hay que quebrarla porque es quebrada. And so what is God going to do? God's going to break in to fix the broken routine. And he's going to do it through his son, Jesus. Dios va a interrumpir para quebrar la rutina en la persona de su hijo. And although that coming and that breaking in of God into our world is somewhat awkward for us because it disturbs the way things are, here's the thing, at some point, at some point, our awkwardness should give way to acceptance to praise. That's what needs to happen when God breaks in. En algún momento tenemos que aceptar y alabar a Dios porque Él ha quebrado la rutina. So in chapter 1 and chapter 2, what we see here, we see the birth of John the Baptist and the birth of Jesus Christ. Together, the birth of John and the birth of Jesus spell the beginning of the end of sin as normal on our planet. El nacimiento de Juan y Jesús son el comienzo del fin del pecado como normal en este planeta. John comes to prepare the way. Juan prepara el camino. And the way is Jesus. Jesús es el camino. And if we were to kind of summarize All this going on in chapter 1 and 2, I think a good summary might be the word of the angel to the shepherds in chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. La palabra del ángel a los pastores es un buen resumen. He says again that word, don't be afraid. No tenga miedo. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. In Luke, we're going to see he is very, very insistent. The gospel is for everyone. Les traigo buenas noticias que serán motivo de alegría para todo el pueblo. Today, in the town of David, today, in this time, in this world, God has broken in. Hoy les ha nacido en la ciudad de David, en este mundo, un salvador. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. Hoy les ha nacido un salvador que es Cristo, el Señor. God's broken in through Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. Dios se interrumpido en Jesús, el Salvador, Mesías y Señor. Now the question is this. How will we respond to God breaking in? ¿Cómo vamos a responder? Will we respond and become annoyed and unbelieving? Or will we respond with faith and praise? Vamos a responder con fe y alabanza o vamos a estar incrédulos? If you're looking for God today, if you are looking for Jesus, I want to share something with you. Jesus is not lost. Si buscas a Jesús, no perdido. But perhaps you are. Perhaps you're anxiously searching for something, anxiously searching for God, anxiously searching for Jesus. But Jesus is not lost. He's right where he needs to be. He's in His Father's house. Jesús está en la casa de su padre, and the story tells us that Jesus came from his father's house into our house. Él vino a nuestra casa. And he came to live among us. In fact, it says he grew in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and with people. Jesús creció en sabiduría, estatura, favor con Dios y con la gente. He was among us. He grew up among us, lived among us in our house. And he died among us. Él murió entre nosotros. And he rose among us from the dead. Resucitó de los muertos. Why? To break the routine of sin and hell and Satan and death. To break the routine of all of our enemies that have oppressed us from time immemorial. Él quebró la rutina del pecado la muerte y de Satanás. And so... Here's the thing: Jesus wants to find you and take you out of the ordinary into something extraordinary. I want to tell you a story about someone that I heard about recently. Someone very ordinary. Tengo la historia de alguien ordinario. Her name is Jess. Jess Lester, ordinary young girl, 21 years old. Tiene 21 años. She lives in Great Britain. A lot of people do. Vive en la Gran Bretaña. She's British. At age 15, about seven years ago or so, her best friend, 15, died suddenly. Se le murió una amiga a los 15 años. And Jess was devastated. In fact, she was so devastated, she turned her back on God. Ella dio la espalda a Dios. How could God do this? How could God permit this? ¿Cómo que Dios permitió esto? And Jess sank into depression and a number of negative behaviors. She began to, be get, uh, to get addicted to drugs, to alcohol, promiscuity, the whole scene. Ella se metió en la droga, alcohol, la promiscuidad. She began to cut herself. Empezaba a cortarse. And then she went to a rock concert. Fue un concierto de rock. It was not a Christian concert. No fue cristiano. The group playing was a group called the 1975. I'd never heard of them. Maybe some of you younger folks have. Había un grupo en 1975. Not a Christian group. They were singing a song, not a Christian song. Cantaban una canción, no cristiana. But in that song, something happened. Because As a part of that song, the the words say this, there is a God-shaped hole infected inside of me. There's a God-shaped hole infected inside of me. Hay un hueco al tamaño de Dios infectado dentro de mí. And then just a couple lines later, the song screams, Jesus, I'm asking you to show yourself to me. Jesús, te pido que te manifiestes a mí. This girl is singing at this non-Christian rock concert. A song is not a Christian song, but that becomes a prayer. She's singing with uh, tears streaming down her eyes. Está cantando con lágrimas en los ojos. And it sets her off on a journey. And Jesus finds her. Jesus interrupts her life and comes into her life as Lord and Savior. Jesus interrompe su vida para hacerse salvador. That's what Jesus does. He finds lost people. That's what he wants to do for you and me. I want to encourage us this week, I want to encourage you to, and I'm talking to me right now more than anybody, to accept the disruptions that might happen this week as potential divine appointments. Las interrupciones esta semana pueden ser citas divinas. In fact, I'm going to invite you to an interruption this week. I want to invite you to read and study with me Luke chapters 3 and 4. Quiero que leer y estudiar Lucas y But you say, I've got so much to do this week. I've got my schedule to keep. Yes, this is an interruption in your schedule. This is una interrupción. Let it interrupt you. And watch what God might do with that. ¿Cómo puede Dios obrar en esa interrupción? And as you study, I want to invite us to make Mary's prayer or Mary's statement of faith our prayer. Lord, I'm your servant. May it be to me according to your word. Señor, soy tu siervo. Que tú hagas conmigo según tu palabra. Que esa sea nuestra oración. So... I hesitate to say this, because I'm not sure what's going to come my way this week, but let's embrace the awkwardness this week. Vamos a abrazar la incomodidad, and in doing so, let's embrace, encounter, believe, and praise Jesus. Vamos a abrazar y alabar y creer en Jesús. Let's pray together. Vamos a orar. Lord, we are moved by the power of just two chapters of Luke, and yet those two chapters set the stage for something so important. Gracias por esos dos capítulos de Lucas. Help us this week to be in your house. Jesus, you grew in wisdom. Help us to grow in wisdom. And knowing you better, tú crecías en sabiduría. Jesús, ayúdanos a nosotros a crecer en la sabiduría. And I want to pray for anybody within the sound of my voice who is maybe going through what Jess is going through, in, in different circumstances but similar issues, crying out, saying, "Jesus, I'm asking you to show yourself to me. Would you show yourself to them?" Para esas personas que están clamando, Jesús, manifiéstate. Que te manifiestes a ellos, Señor. Find us, Lord Jesus. Find us in our routine and take us into something that is exceptional. Encuéntranos en la rutina para llevarnos a lo excepcional. We ask it in your holy and precious name. En tu santo y precioso nombre te lo pedimos. Amén.